Welcome to I Know Mom podcast hosted by me, Alejandra, the daughter, and my mom, Cindy. That's me. This podcast is going to talk about all things mom and daughter, the teenage years, our adoption, and all that lovely motherly advice I give my daughter that she should be listening to. I know, mom. Hey, mom. Hey, Hondra. How you doing? I'm doing good. Aren't you excited that this is like our second podcast and hopefully all of you liked our first podcast. I mean, I think it went great, didn't you? It was so awesome. I had a lot of fun. It's crazy how fast it goes by because we're just so used to talking to each other all the time. So it goes by really fast. Exactly. It was awesome. So I hope you guys enjoyed our first podcast. We are super excited to be back with you. And today we're going to break it down into a topic about adoption. And so we're going to go over why my mom why my mom and dad decided to adopt and also go over the top questions that adopted children ask their parents when they are adopted. And so I think it I think it's going to be a great episode even if you're not an adopted child, but if you just are interested in adopting as well or are you curious about more about adoption, this podcast is going to be all about adoption. So mom, why don't you get started on why did you guys decide to adopt? I have to tell you something first, okay? Okay. It, if I fall down in the middle of this episode, it's because I'm sitting on a bench that I put together all by myself. Oh my so, gosh, you're crazy. Well, hopefully so, you don't fall down. <laughs> this is the first time I've sat on it. So we'll see how it goes. Hopefully you're I don't crazy. fall off in the middle of this. I hope not. So if you guys hear a big thump, that means she fell over. Yeah, and I didn't tighten the screws as as well as I thought I did. So anyway, getting to the topic at hand, why did we decide to adopt our sweet little Alejandra? That's me. And that's you. We we had one child, our oldest daughter, and then a couple years after that, I had a miscarriage. It was in my 12th week, and I had a miscarriage. And then after that, I just had a real hard time getting pregnant. We always knew that we wanted to have more than one child. So we decided that we tried the infertilities and that didn't take, and they didn't understand why it wasn't working because, you know, we had a child, but they didn't understand why it wasn't working. So we decided to try adoption. So before you go on to like wanting to adopt, like what were you like feeling when you weren't able to conceive another child? I know like a lot of people go through this pain. And so how can people like cope with that pain and move past that into thinking about adoption or even fostering a child? You know, it's, it is so painful and it's just so sad because you want it so hard, bad and everything. And I remember a coworker, she was also going through the same thing at the, at the same time. And so, you know, she was actually getting the shots and going in a lot more actively than I was. And they were spending all their money just trying to get pregnant and, then, you know, you get excited because you go to the doctor and they say it should take. And um, I mean, literally you take certain meds and everyone's on a different protocol, you know, depending on their, their circumstances. But one time I remember we had, we were supposed to have sex and then I had a report in within 12 hours of what? after having sex. Yeah. So you had to go in and it's like, you're sitting there with all these doctors and then they're doing the looking at you and going in and saying, oh yeah, there we see, it looks good and it looks like you're receptive and everything looks really good and you should be pregnant because everything looks just right. So they actually 
go through and look at everything to make sure things are taken. Well, so, that's super awkward. Oh, it's so awkward because I swear to God, every time I go into the doctor's office, there's always some young person that's in training. <laughs> oh, yep. I've had that happen to me too. And I'm like, all oh, right, like, this is super like, awkward. I was like, how many of you guys are tra in training here? Why right. is it like a slow day? <laughs> and and why office? did you pick me out of all of the <laughs> participants today? Like, could you have not like chose me? I have um, that happened to me before. And apparently then they were like, oh, this is perfect. Look at this. And so he's like giving a little lesson and I'm sitting there going, seriously, we have to have a lesson on this? And we just take a picture and then go out of the room and add a little lesson that right. um, I felt like I was in there for an hour where they were you know, going through all the details of my innards and explain why it's a perfect candidate to get pregnant, but I didn't. Um, but what we found out later on is I was most likely getting pregnant and then losing the baby in the first couple weeks. So what, how did you cope? Cause we're going to have a lot of people on here that probably are going through the same thing as you. So what are some things that like coped you into feeling better and like going to needing to adopt, you know, cause it's so hard. I know for people not able to have their own children. And so what did, yeah, I think I, I had my coworker. And so we could, I had someone to talk to and having somebody to talk to is critical, but I also felt guilty because she had no children and I had our old, you know, my oldest daughter, your older sister. Yeah. And so part of me was feeling guilty because I was so sad, but it was like, but I'm entitled to be sad because I wanted more. Yeah. That's understandable. And, yeah. It was really hard too, because with the first pregnancy I spotted, I, I bled through the first pregnancy mm -hmm. and um, they said, you know, they were really worried and they're careful the whole time. And then yeah. when I got pregnant the second time I started spotting again, they go, Oh, the doctor was just nonchalant. She was like, well, this is just how you have babies. So don't worry about it. And so she was even more devastated than I was, I think when I miscarried, cause she was like, I should have told you to be careful again. And so she yeah. felt bad. And so then, you know, we knew that that wasn't a way I was pregnant per se. It was a, a sign that I had to be more careful when I was pregnant. But I think, you know, it was so hard because it puts pressure on having sex. It puts mm. pressure on, you know, checking where you are. Am I ovulating? I mean, it took mm -hmm. all the fun out of the, your bedroom activities because it became yeah. about making a baby instead of just being active with your partner and I think that's the saddest part of all of it mm -hmm. and so but it puts pressure too much pressure and so yeah I, I mean it was a lot of conversations and a lot of guilt and a lot of what's wrong with me and trying to do everything you can yeah. but it's expensive it's not something mm -hmm. that is covered with benefits usually yeah. and so you know, you have to save up for it. And then, then you put so much pressure on yourself. Yeah. And so, you know, you talk about coping. A lot of it is just talking to people. And I say the nurses and doctors are really good because they tell you exactly what's going on and what your chances are, except for they got my hopes up too high. Mm. And so I kept thinking, oh, this is a nothing burger. I can do this. You know, it's just, but after a couple of years, and I said, you know, I'd rather just adopt and then go through this again because it was emotionally draining. And then we went to talk about adoption and they told us it usually takes three years to adopt a child. Wow. Because there's so many children that want to be adopted. So what made you decide to adopt not in the United States and go to a foreign country? 
You know, it's interesting because at that time in the United States, first of all, there weren't that many kids available in the United States. And also there were some lawsuits going on where people who adopted children, the birth mother decided that they wanted the child back. Mm. And so I knew I could not deal with that, that I'd probably get a child and then, you know, is a birth mother going to stalk me? You know, am I going to be stuck two years later and they want the child back? And it's like, no, it's my child. No, it's my child. And I didn't want to deal with any of that. And I didn't want to open adoption because Mm -hmm. I, you don't know what you're dealing with. You know, is is the birth father going to come and play it sometime and say they have rights? So I didn't, I wasn't prepared to deal with that. But what also happened was at the same time while we're going through all this and getting information, then my aunt Betty calls me and says, I hear you want to adopt a child. And I said, yes, I do. And she's like, well, I know a place in El Salvador that it was like our first husband's stepdaughter and her first husband, her second, third husband's stepdaughter. And she runs an orphanage. And so she helps people adopt children. So she is amazing. Yes. At first, my Aunt Betty is amazing. And her stepdaughter, Florence and Tony, I shouldn't mention names, but they're absolutely amazing amazing people. And you were not the first child we tried to adopt, which shows Mm -hmm. that things happen for a reason. Exactly. uh, (laughs) Everything happens for a reason. But if you guys want to like hear more in depth about my adoption story, I have it on my Instagram, which there'll be a link in the description below. It is a very long story and I would love to I mean, the story is amazing and and everything happens for a reason. And so I feel like we kind of want to get more into like the grind of kind of growing up being adopted instead of like telling, telling the story, which I have done a video on and it's on my Instagram. So again, it'll be posted down in the link, but yeah. So once you had, once you adopted me, what were you thinking after? Were you joyful? What did people say when you, when you told people you were actually, let's go back to it. What were people, what were your friends and your family thinking about adopting a Hispanic girl? You know, it was funny because a friend of ours bought us a Hispanic baby, a doll. Gosh, I wish we still had that. Oh, I I wish you did too, because I don't think I've ever seen that or knew that. And we gave the doll to Christina and that was the intent. And so this friend was like, we, you know, this is a way that you can teach her that she's got a baby sister coming and that this is what her baby sister is going to look like. Oh. And so Christine would walk around with her all the time. And uh, it was really great because it got us acclimated. But I do remember only once, once we were um, at a baseball game, not a professional baseball game, but at a game, um, and someone that I knew and an acquaintance said, why did you get your daughter a Hispanic doll? And what did and you I, say? I said, because she's going to have a Hispanic sister. Wow. And then I just walked away and I was like, wow, it's right. And I kept thinking, okay, there's going to be some people out there. They're going to have issue with this. And wow. uh, that's good for Christina to get used to too. Mm-hmm. So it, or your older sister. <laughs> so, sorry, no names. Um, but yeah, that was a way for, for us to understand what was going to happen. But 
for us, even before we knew that um, my aunt had a way for us to find you, your dad always was interested in Hispanic culture and he spoke fluent Spanish. And so he was really, when you look at all the places, when you go for adoption, this is kind of crazy, but when you go through adoption, they give you the list of countries that are open for adoption. Oh, wow. And it changes. Yeah, it changes all the time. And then along with that, it's almost like a spreadsheet. Alejandro, it's kind of crazy. It says, yeah, it's uh, here's the countries that are open to the U.S. And here are the requirements. So some countries would allow just one parent. Some require both parents. Some require, you know, man, woman. Some don't care. Some require that you need to be a Christian, raised in a Christian home. Some oh, wow. Like even back care. in the back in the 90s, they didn't care if you were a heterosexual couple? It depended on the country. So every oh, country wow. had its rules. And so when you got this little spreadsheet, you could look at all the different countries, how long they estimated to get the baby, what wow. the process looked like, what the estimated cost would be and you know availability and age group so some countries had like older children some you could get the infants but it's kind of sad it was really a business per se and I yeah like, i was like getting a spreadsheet sounds businessy but i mean i didn't like that part of it yeah but you know they told me that's the way it had to be and so mm-hmm. i didn't feel comfortable with that and so that way when my aunt called me and said i can so you go up with somebody who um, is part of an orphanage and, you know, you know, she, she knows the children, then that mm-hmm. felt right to me. I mean, it was just like what yeah. was supposed to happen. So I, I felt much better about that process than what I had heard through the adoption agency. So. And so that, so that was like a closed adoption. Did you have to get a, lo- a lawyer? Mm-hmm. We had a lawyer in El Salvador and uh, she got us through the process from the El Salvador side. And then you actually had to go through the process of bringing you into the country. So you had to be approved in the country. And then we had to finalize your adoption to make you our child in the U.S. side. So it's, it's a long, drawn-out process. And um, like I said, every country has their different set of rules. But we had to fill out all the documentation. Wow. We did it in English. Then we had to hire a translator to translate all the documents into Spanish. Oh, and wow. then they had to, I know it was crazy. And then they had to have the um, what's it called? A notarized. Oh, at notarized. The, yeah. Notarized. And then at the next level, they went to have the state nor a state seal put on it. And then it was sent to El Salvador and had the Salvadorian seal put on it. And like the one time, one document, somebody who was the notary didn't put the right date on it or did it incorrectly. And then they brought that document back and we had to go do that document over again. And um, we had to go to a psychologist. To see if you guys were stable parents? Yeah. Apparently your dad was more stable than me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's crazy. (laughs) Everything was like... Yeah, he's perfect. Da, 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 and she's okay. <laughs> what? That is so crazy. <laughs> she has some unrealistic views. I'm like, well, give me a break. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I should person. find that. I looked at that and I go, I think you can adopt Mark, but I can't. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. That's so funny. <laughs> so I should find that. I know that's in our paperwork. And somewhere downstairs, we have 
everything that we put together in English and Spanish and, wow. and everything that we put together. But it is, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work and the, I mean, I, and I don't want to get into the whole adoption story, but just to shorten it up a little bit, this wasn't our first attempt for a child. Alejandro was our third attempt. Which, which that must have been a lot of work. That was so much work and money. You were very expensive from the get-go. Yay. <laughs> I don't know if that's like a yay thing or not, but I like to say yay. And, and the nice part was that we live in a small town and the whole town pretty much knew what we were doing and what yeah. we were going through and they were rooting for us. And, oh, that's good. And this person that I you know knew through Girl Scouts made you a dress Oh, and, I remember that actually. Yeah, we still got that dress somewhere. Mm -hmm. I, I just that was the most beautiful dress, baby dress I've ever seen. And so everyone was there for a support system, and that was really, really nice. But you know, this is the coolest thing. I absolutely love this. When you adopt a child, and, and this was the way it was working for the El Salvador adoptions, is that you have a person who's ahead of you in the system and someone who's behind you in the system. Hmm. And so the person that is ahead of you can tell you what's going to be next. Okay, you're going to get this call, and that means you need to do this, this, and this. You're oh, get so then they kind of helped you. They help you. And then likewise, your job is to help the person behind you and say, oh, you know, because you're free to call each other anytime, you know, you're crying and this and that and say, oh, I haven't heard from this. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, this means this is going on. And oh, so well, that's kind of cool that they have like a little support system. It was so cool. And then we actually had that get together in Pennsylvania. And I, I remember you just love to talk. Yeah. That, and we'll have to tell that story at some point. But when we got there, the most important person for me to meet was the person that was ahead of me in line that helped me through it. That's cool. And I, I ran and I gave her a hug and I go, I couldn't have gotten through this without you. And it was so weird because this, while I'm hugging her, somebody goes, oh my God, Cindy, I couldn't have gotten through this Aww. without you. Isn't that the coolest That is thing? so cool. I had no idea. That's cool. That's new news to me. That's awesome. Yeah. It was like, it was this huge support system. And, and all I was thinking about was the person that helped me. And I forgot about all the important things that I also did to help someone else. So it is That's so definitely cool. a thread. Yeah. It's an important thread that works really well. But I think you go the process. We went to go visit you when you were six months old mm -hmm. because we wanted to get you baptized yeah, and we wanted, that. we wanted to do it before because it was the process was taken longer than expected. And so we went down there and got you baptized in the Catholic church in Spanish. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, your dad, I've heard your the dad, story about that. Your dad understood more than I did. And uh, Luciana and Balta, who were, had you in their house to take care of you for us, became your godparents, which was like the coolest mm -hmm. thing ever. So I, I think that was just one of the neatest things. And yeah. then we got to meet your, you know, your Salvadorian family, which was really cool. And, and I was glad, you know, and I wanted to take you home, but then I had to leave you. And one of the things put you in a baby bed in our room, but instead we put you in our bed. <laughs> oh, and did I get mad? Yes. Yes. Lucy, <laughs> Lucy, she called me and she goes, Cindy. Like, yes. Oh no. She goes, did you let Alejandra sleep in your bed with you? I go, yeah, we, we did. We couldn't resist. She goes, but you know what? 
we're going to continue to let her sleep in our bed. So you can fix it when you get her. <laughs> oh no, that's so funny. <laughs> okay, that's fair, Luciana. <laughs> oh no, you broke oh, yeah. the rules, mom. I, well, I always break the rules, but I'm glad that I got to meet you at six months old. So then you know? what did you feel when you got on the plane and you like had to leave me? Like, what were you thinking? It was really devastating leaving you behind, you know, and you, you know that anything can go wrong at any mm-hmm. time. And yeah. so, you, you know, you're leaving the, your child behind and you're thinking, gosh, is this going to work? You know, is it going to work? Because if, if this one doesn't work, this one will break me. Yeah, because right? this was the third time and then you've already had miscarriage and stuff. So, yeah, you know, so I was just like, so, so if, the, if this would have worked out, let's say like what, like what if this didn't work out, would you have at least tried to have another or would you have just ended it at Christina? I would have ended it with your older sister. Yeah. I would have ended it and said, this is meant to be. This, wow. this That's is crazy. This is my life. This is what is supposed to happen. And if anything, I would not have tried anything else. Not that I wouldn't encourage people to give it their all. But I would have just put it in God's hands and say, if something's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. And look, it did. Yeah, it did. So for those of you guys who don't know, um, after we brought Alejandra home, a couple months later, I got pregnant. She did with my baby sister. (laughs) With your baby sister. And so it kind of just proved that this was meant to be. Uh, The first two adoptions failed because I wasn't supposed to have those kids. I was supposed to Mm -hmm. have Alejandra. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we were blessed with the third child. And it's funny because uh, my doctor who went through my miscarriage with me and who knew I was going through this adoption and stuff, when I came in for my pregnancy workup, she's like, I was so happy, Cindy, when I saw your name on my chart today. Oh, that's sweet. It was, it was so cool. And then when I started spotting in my pregnancy, of course, I was devastated and she's like, you're not doing anything. We're just going to keep you, you know, not much work. I had a medical thing that, you know, I wasn't allowed to walk that much at work. And then she, you know, said that if we need to, I will get you out of work. You know, I want to work. And back then I didn't work from home. So if I was working from home, I had to go into the office. It was very stressful. And I didn't have a good manager through that. That was like the worst manager I've ever had. Um, well, that sucks. Yeah, because he actually said, you can't do this job and be pregnant. Oh, I hate and, men like that. I oh. know. And I actually called my doctor and she's like, I'm writing a letter. And so then I went to the nurse at the office and then she's like, well, I need permission to call your doctor. And I go, well, you can if I'm here. She goes, why are you afraid that I'm calling your doctor? I go, I just want to hear the conversation. Well, what are you afraid of? And it's like, wow, I'm giving you, you know, you can call my doctor, but I'm just going to be present because I want to hear the conversation. Right. I want to know what my doctor said in case you come back and try to say your doctor didn't say that. So my doctor kind of read them the riot act. Well, so, that's good. Good doctor. Good doctor. Yeah. Very bad good manager. doctor. Bad nurse, great doctor, because she pretty much just laid it on the line, you know, and said, so um, I was able to take it easy, but. uh, Well, that's good. Yeah, it was good. And then there was at one point when my dad just said, okay, you're done. We're not taking you, letting you be in the office anymore. So you're just going to be at home. So, yeah. So when you hear like, I mean, we always hear these stories of people 
adopting and then getting pregnant. Do you think it's because they adopted a child? Yeah, it's totally that because the stress level's gone. And so you just relax, like, oh, I have my baby. I got my baby. I'm so excited. And then you're not even thinking about it. And then it's like, and then my doctor said, she goes, I told you it worked. I told you your system still worked. I told you you could have a baby. You were just stressing out about it. And once you stop stressing, then that's when it happened. And then I said, okay, I want and want another child. But uh, we, I had been on fertility pills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't remember not stopping them because I thought well you know the adoption doesn't work I'll still be on fertility and I kept thinking but please don't let me my sister had just had twins and I was like oh yeah okay oh my gosh you don't want that (laughs) (laughs) well we were in the process of building our house and it was a three-bedroom house and would be fine with three girls but if I had like two girls and two boys or this I'm like okay what how am I going to do this so all that stuff is going through my head and I remember calling my mom. My mom and dad were so supportive of adopting you. They were so excited. And I remember calling my mom saying, I'm pregnant. And she goes, that's so funny, Cindy, because you did the exact same thing to me. And I was like, what? She goes, we had just built our three-bedroom house. And I had a boy's room and a girl's room. And then I got pregnant with you. <laughs> so... She goes, there wasn't really room for you in the house because I always wanted my daughter to have a room to herself. And I'm like, well, sorry about that, mom. So she just thought it was hysterical that I got pregnant while I was building my house, which yeah. is what she did. So, but yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So we had a lot going on. We didn't have a house to, I mean, when you first arrived, we were staying with Mark's sister because our house wasn't even done yet. I know. And there was like all of us in one room at one point. Yeah, we had well, our, family, our family, not like everyone. Our family, one, one bathroom for everybody. Whole house. <laughs> yeah, the whole house. And yeah, so it was you and me and your dad and your older sister and the two puppies in yep. the same bedroom. That, that's insane. That was when we were building the house, which that's insane. I can't believe I'm glad I was a baby then because I, if, if I was older, I would have gone crazy. I what was that would have happened. It's funny because that's when we called you Thumper because mm-hmm. all night long, we did put you back in the baby bed. So we did not let you sleep in our bed. And um, all night long, you would just thump your feet on the bottom of the mattress. It was so crazy. So Which is like, so weird. I don't understand how that even happened. And I don't do that now. So that's super weird. Well, that's really good that you grew out of that. <laughs> that is really good that I grew out of it. People would be like, what is she doing? What? That would be so. Horrible. I don't think I don't think any of my ex boyfriends would appreciate something the whole night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so we called her Thumper. We always be like, "Shut up, Thumper! Go to sleep, Thumper!" That's <laughs> so hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, you grew out of that. Well, you eventually had your bedroom own place. Well, actually, yeah, we put you in the one second bedroom. And then we put the baby bed once uh, your younger sister was born, put the baby bed out in the living room so that y'all had your own little space. So it worked out really good. Oh, that's nice. I feel yeah. like I always shared the room with someone though. No, until, until our older sister left for college. I think that's when we got our own rooms. Yeah. And well, no, I think actually Tia moved downstairs for a little bit, but I think. Probably when she was older. 
But you yeah. and Steph had a bunk bed together, which was yeah. awesome. I loved I loved having that bunk bunk bed. I used to perform on that bunk bed on the second on the first bed because it was bigger than the second bed. And yeah. I would I would pretend I was Selena and I'd walk across <laughs> it and be like thinking it's a stage and be like bitty bitty bumba. Do that <laughs> with my little crop tops. Because they had crop have... tops when they were when it was back in the nineties when we were kids. There was crop tops but back yeah. then. Pair of crop tops. You guys had a blast on your, and it was Mickey Mouse sheets. Red Mickey Mouse and blue bed sheets. Yeah. Yes. You're yes. obsessed with that. I don't know. Crazy. Why. Which now I'm like, what were we thinking? And you guys were. We could have even had like Princess. Nope. Mickey Mouse. Oh, Mickey Mouse. I don't know why you chose that, but you did. But you guys, you guys were just giggle and laugh all the time. Yeah. So we were pretty close. You were so, very close. When you, when you had all three of us together and you're like out in a grocery store or like, I don't know, what, did you have any concern of what people thought? I, you know, I kind of grew up not caring what people thought, but it was kind of interesting. And we'd have strangers kind of look at us sometimes because we had a blonde, a brunette and a redhead. And there was brown eyes, green eyes and blue eyes. And yeah, I remember we were this all one guy, guys. Yeah, all different. And so the one guy, this one guy stopped me and, and not in a mean way. He goes, So mailman and milkman? I go, Yeah, that's what happened here. So, you know, <laughs> I never had anyone hilarious. be mean about it, which is great because I wouldn't have taken it well anyway. But uh yeah, I, I don't I didn't really care. And living in a small town, they all knew what's going on. Yeah. So living they, in a small town is fine. But I don't know if you went to the bigger town and was like in Rochester and people gave you looks and or anything or if people at your work you know how they felt about it you know it's fine because they were going through it with me too and I I don't know if I mentioned this on the last podcast but when I was going through the adoption process and going through the you know miscarriage I mean I would literally cry all the way to work and then just hold it together during work pretend like nothing was going on and just heads down and work and then cry all the way home. So wow. that's that was most of my days. I would just kind of cry, get it together, get the work done, cry. Wow, because I had to crazy. get it. I had to get it all out of my system. You know, yeah. I just I had to work and I had to focus. And sometimes it's like I couldn't wait to get to the car. And sometimes you get to the work and you look in your eyes. You're like, oh crap! <laughs> oh my allergies! I got allergies. It's, it's the middle of winter, but I got allergies. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. And then people were very supportive because they kept saying, well, how's the adoption going? And oh, this well, and that. that's so good. People, everyone knew about it because, you know, I wasn't trying to hide it. it was, I was proud of it. So, yeah, 